Hey guys, back for episode 5. Um, this intro part is just going to be a quick little thing I want to get off my mind. And the rest of it is, you know, there's a lot of jam-packed information that go into the back end of the podcast, or the majority of the podcast, I should say. Um, but anyway, um, I heard a saying, I don't know, a while back, and it stuck with me. It's corny, but it means something to me because it's kind of how I've been going about life. And it goes, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for everything. Um, and that it really did hit hard because I'm a person that pushes back and I get a lot of flack for it or, or whatever. And it's like, it's not something that I do intentionally to be tough or brave or I'm looking for some sort of attention. It's, I've been kicked around most of my life. And always have been in the shadows and and never felt like anyone gave a shit about my opinion. And it's like I'm finally just coming out and just going, screw it. And like I said, it's not about it's not about me looking cool or anything. It's just when I see something that's wrong, I feel like I need to address it. That goes even if with my friends, like someone I care about, like they aren't your real friends unless they tell you when your shit stinks. Like, they're not, they're not a true friend. They tell you, like, if they're yes men, they tell you that you're wonderful all the time, then they're not your real friends. Um, that doesn't mean be a dick. It just means be honest. Uh, I think a lot of us are just afraid to be honest. And I'm, I'm at the point where I just, like, I'm losing my filter. But one of the bad parts from your filter slowly disintegrating is it can cost you some things your job money friends lovers family whatever so you got to weigh your options pros and cons or however you do it but you have to let people know how you feel and if you got to let them know if it's wrong um that doesn't mean every little thing that bothers you you should do it but an overall huge problem, address it. Like I deal with it at work, whether it's in in house or outside. I deal with the public a lot. And, you know, somebody may say something ignorant. And, um, you know, like I remember one time someone was like, um, uh, they said, uh, here's a, a dollar something. Um and they handed it to me, and the guy tried to put it really close to my face to see it. It's like, yeah, I wanted to slap the shit out of that guy. Because I, it's just like, don't do that to me. You know? Like, I, I could be a dick too. But I let that one slide. And no, it's not because my supervisor was around. Actually, I don't think he was. I think it was Noe. But still, it's like, I don't, I don't, I don't, I would never do that to anybody. It's the ignorance of it. Even if their intention wasn't to be malicious, it's still ignorant. But if I, well, obviously if I hit them, I'm fired, but, or rested, or God knows what. But if I just, let's just say, I just tell him off, he could report me and I can get in a lot of trouble. So should I let that one slide? Yeah. Now, obviously, if someone assaults me or tries to attack me or something, sure, then I'm free to do whatever I want, I suppose. Um, but I mean, if someone literally. <laughs> Does something similar to that? Yeah, I, I probably have to let it go unless it's just a repeated offense or I don't know. Maybe it's the fifth thing that happened that day, maybe, um, which isn't usually the case. But if it's an overall theme or a continuance of events, uh, you know, like I said, like I work for a company that deals with visual impaired people, and it's like that's cool. But I've always been the one visually impaired person. Like, I was the idiot at the bottom of the company that's just so happily visually impaired. Whereas I'm at a company with a whole bunch of other visually impaired people. And so when they get screwed, or, or when I get screwed, they get screwed too. And that's that's where it's hard for me to stand for. And so, like, recently, they're going to be having a picnic. 
and I don't want to go, even though they're going to give me my award for last year. I don't really care because it's like I don't. I've never been appreciated there. I've never felt appreciated there. Um, yeah, but my friends and some of the people I've worked with, sure. But in general, no. And I don't want to go, even if it gets me in trouble. It's like they can't fire me for not going to a picnic that I'm already off for anyway. That's my day off. But it's like it's one of those things where it's like people are just like, ah, you know, it's a free meal or, you know, it ain't going to be that bad or whatever. It's like, no. It's the principle of it. Why? It's an appreciation picnic. I'm not going to that because I'm not appreciated. And neither are they. I know, but he's not appreciated right now either, I guess. Um, but anyway, I guess I don't want to make this too long. But it, it's just it's just sticking up for what you believe in. Um, I'm not, like I said, I'm not brave. I'm not tough. I'm not any of these things that I'm that some people could interpret. But no, man, I, I, like I said, I, I'm a damaged person that's been through a lot of shit. But I'm just tired, you know. I just want to fight for what is right. That's why I'm doing this podcast. That's why I'm doing... I'm, I'm I'm trying to be a better friend and be more vocal with people and you know I'm just trying to you know be a better son or grandson or whatever I'm trying to just be the best person I can be even though I am broken and, and have all these problems but I'm still standing I'm still here and there's a lot of us that aren't um so I'm trying to help as many people as I can with this and like I said that's why I want it to be as big as it it's possibly can be because who knows how many are out there that really are suffering from God knows what, and they don't feel like they have a friend or or anyone that gives a shit about them. So, you know, let's keep pushing this further and doing what we need to do. Uh, I, I, I really do appreciate everyone that even gives a shit or reaches out and tells me I'm doing a good job with this because I keep going back and forth. Sometimes I just want to give up on it because... I don't believe in myself as much as I should, I guess. So thank you all. Um, the rest of this podcast is going to just be about my uh, the rest of my schooling, which is there's a lot in there. Um, yeah, uh, I really hope people like it. I will be doing more interviews. I know people liked my mom, my grandma. Uh, my grandma didn't like it. Not that she listened, but she just didn't want to be on it. But I love her to death, and I appreciate her for being on it. And uh, I know my mom was really good. She she gave me more information than I thought she would. And um, but yeah, thank you guys again. And uh, I really hope you enjoy this episode. There will be more, I promise. And um, uh, I'm really one episode to look out for is the depression episode. It's gonna be tough. But thanks again, guys. Bye. Last time on my blurred opinion, pedophile clowns. Running all over the place. You know what else is running all over the place? My bowels. Because I couldn't help myself. What else? Nurses touching kids. Whoa, what a story. What's going to happen on this episode? Will TJ find friends? Will he find a bathroom? Will those clowns return? We shall find out now. guys we're back let's uh i made a list of all the things i went through in school i'm just gonna touch on it um right here episode five okay so um what i talked about in episode three mainly was kindergarten to first grade or preschool to first grade um i will say that i started a year late because of recovery and being sick and all that and for some reason, I did first grade, and it didn't count. I had to do first grade again. I didn't fail it. I saw all the other kids pass me, and I just went back to first grade. I don't, and I don't really understand the explanation behind that. I don't think my mom knew why. I knew she was really pissed, and um, and I was happy she did talk a little bit about my schooling last episode where. You know, and I did too in episode um, three where, you know, a teacher let me sit and pee. Um, one of the things that wasn't talked about is that she also made fun of me for sitting in it. Um, and it also happened multiple times. It wasn't just pee. 
Um, I said before, I was afraid of my own shadow. I did not think I could. I don't know how I made it through. And I was thinking, like, if I was old enough, if I knew any better, I think I would have easily killed myself. Because everybody made fun of me for drooling or the way I wore my hat. Like, I wore my hat with a brim went down over my good eye. Well, it went over my bad eye, but the brim, pretty much it was cockeyed. Went from, like, left all the way down, but the, the right part of the brim, I kind of bent it inwards to where it covered my right eye, too. And I could only see some stuff, and I would always walk into stuff. And, um, you know, I went to bathrooms a lot, and I cried, and, you know... I just, I never felt like anyone liked me for for a period of time. And, you know, especially when teachers are making fun of you, you know, and all the things that happened to me, like I mentioned before, I didn't know how to deal with it. You know, adults' opinions were everything because you're, what, you know, eight years old or whatever I was, and your mom tells you to respect adults. You know, they know what's good for you. Well, not when they're molesting you and bullying you. Um, so I had a very, very rough time in school in the very beginning. And we eventually moved from the school that was kindergarten to 12th grade and we moved and we just became our own thing. And they became just a high school. And we just became kindergarten to eighth grade. Uh, and I started off in first grade. And I remember, weirdly enough, I actually graduated first grade. I graduated, they gave us like all a graduation towards the end when we were leaving that school. And then I went right back into first grade with new kids. And I actually made kind of some friends there more than the last group because they were much meaner to me and um, I remember one kid I had these really nice Jordan they're called Jordan 13s I think they were called like the bread 13s they're worth a lot now actually um, but at the time they were not the newest shoe out they had a yellow version of that shoe and this kid had it and he came up and kicked mine mine were red and black and actually, if you, in hindsight, mine was the better shoe. But either way, and he kicked my shoes and told me how shitty they were and pushed me or whatever. And I remember just feeling so shitty. And we're sitting down at the steps by myself because I didn't have any friends. And I just cried and stayed to myself. Um, I don't know if I mentioned like People, you know, yeah, well, I did. Yeah, people found every little thing that was wrong with me, you know. And I was super sensitive about it. Um, and, you know, I, I think from first to third, I just, I barely made any friends. Um, I was just trying to progress at all. And I couldn't, I was trying anything. Even when I went home, like, there was some neighbor kids that would throw stuff at me and pick on me and, you know, kick me around and stuff. And I I didn't have anything to hold on to. I didn't have anything. Like, all I had was my, my toys, my, my stuffed animals. Um, and that's what got me through it. But I, I, I know for a fact if I was, you know, in high school, that would happen. I would have killed myself. It's not even... I don't even question it now because it was just so much. I just didn't know what any of that was. The internet, it was like 96, 7, whatever it was, and like I didn't know what any of that stuff was. But if I would have and I'd had an opportunity to, I probably would have. Um, it wasn't until about fourth grade I met this woman named Miss Robbins. I met her before. <laughs> Excuse me, I'm so sorry. I have terrible allergies. Um... She she took a liking to me. I know she liked my mom, and she was like at some after school programs and whatever. But she she's this short little Jewish lady, but super feisty, very good hearted woman. Miss um, Robbins. She 
you know, there's two people that play a huge part in my schooling. And she plays about 75, you know, 60 to 70% of it. Um, and she did a lot for me. Um, like I said, she actually believed in me. She made me feel like someone liked me. Um, she made sure I didn't sit by myself and she stayed on me until I got good grades. I remember one time getting, I think she gave me like an A plus 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 just because I, you know, I aced the test, but she made sure to know I did that well. She made sure to tell me to brag about it and just feel good about myself. And she just made me feel good about who I was. Um, and I, you know, I started to meet some kids and kind of got along and, I didn't realize, you know, I know now how much she meant to me, but then I didn't realize, I just, she was just like my fourth grade teacher. Um, but then I went on to fifth grade and she wasn't there. She became my vision itinerant, which is like a, a person that gives you, you know, she, she helps you get the things you need to get through school. Like uh, these red notebooks with like dark line paper. Um, so I could see to write in the lines, which gave me magnifiers and braille writers and you know yeah I got to learn braille um, uh, she got me laptops she got me um, CCTVs which are these big uh, monitors uh, and they're sitting on this these like stands and they also you can get them on wheels too and they're super expensive, and they have like these trays underneath where you put a book or paper or whatever you're trying to read or write or whatever underneath it. And there's like a bright light underneath the machine that goes on, that shines bright onto the tray, and you slide it around, and that's how you read or whatever. And you can magnify by whatever it is, pressing depending on model what model you had. You turn the buttons, turn the knobs, and you press the buttons to alter the colors. Or you know, a lot of visually impaired people like the white lettering on black background or anything on black background um, you could also like put lines there to kind of keep you within those lines from what you're reading and they're they're super helpful machines um, she got me though like she got me everything I needed these flare pens that make me like just these really dark pens that would bleed through the paper but so be it I could see it so it helped me to, to write um, but one of the problems I ran into in fifth grade was well, I didn't have a great teacher, but um, I had a friend named Sophia. I met her in second grade. She was, um, she didn't, she barely spoke any English at all. I remember seeing her with her mom and she was just super depressed and she would cry a lot in class. And this isn't to make fun of her. It was just, you know, where she was from second grade on to fourth grade and then into fifth grade. She was so smart. I remember beating her in, in a spelling bee one time, and I was, like, so elated about it. Like, yes, I accomplished something. I beat the smartest girl in the school. In my mind, she was, and she probably was. Because um, she kicked my ass at everything else. So I was like, okay. Um, and so in fifth grade, she was in that class for a month, and then she transferred right over to the non-VI classes. So the school was half visually impaired and half not. And very few visually impaired kids would transfer over. You had to be completely smart enough to do it. And most kids didn't push to do it. And most kids, um, most, most teachers that were in the visually impaired classes didn't push you to leave. Because they would tell you, well some of them anyway, would tell you that you couldn't make it, you're not smart enough. I was told that many times. Um, and back to Miss Robbins, she was very adamant about me joining those classes. But I kept saying no. But my final straw was I had a big argument with my fifth grade teacher where there was a lot of yelling and she was telling me, like, you can't make those classes. Like, we teach you a very dumbed-down version of what they're teaching. You go over there, you're going to fail. And I know some people will say, well, how harsh is that? Yeah, but she wasn't completely wrong either. They were teaching lesser work, inferior work. 
and I went over there, and I didn't do well. Sure, I got through it, but it was just like, yeah, we can't let, you know, can't leave any kid behind thing. I didn't do that well. I didn't do that well in sixth grade either. And they were teaching more advanced work, and I was not ready. But I was too smart for the other classes. And at that point, Miss Robbins had a lot more on her plate, and she couldn't be around. And I was, I wouldn't say on my own, she was in the picture, but she wasn't there. So I, I had to do this stuff on my own, which I should have anyway. But I did not, I just, I just couldn't grasp um, succeeding and, and being anything. Like I went right back into my shell. I came out a little bit and then I just kept getting told that I couldn't make it. And then I would see all my friends from all the visually impaired classes, and I was in these classes where barely anyone knew me and made fun of me. And and then, you know, eventually I kind of had, like, the newer sneakers, like the Iversons and the Jordans at the time. And so some of the kids liked me for that. And then I kind of got to play basketball with them, and I wasn't terrible at it. Um, I remember being, like, in seventh grade. And, you know, it, it it was all right. But I still, like, I remember being in class and just writing, just doodling crap. Or then I'm, or I was, like, me and Medina, my friend at the time, was, like, my best friend. And he and I were making comics. And, and we were playing Game Boy games. And we were trading Pokemon and, and uh, dueling and Yu-Gi-Oh cards. And it was, it was madness. In the middle of math class, too, by the way. It was just craziness. Um, but not putting an effort in. Um, I remember in eighth grade getting into a huge argument with Miss Robbins where she was like, We're, I'm going to get you into Franklin Learning Center. And I'm like, I don't have the grades for that school. It was an all-AB school. And we got into a big, you know, it was more me-heated than her, but she was just telling me that you're not going to this school at uh, Overbrook where I originally went. That was where we transferred from, where they were now just in high school. Because basically where if you go there, and it's not to you know, begrudge anyone for going there or or saying you're dumb or stupid to go there, but that's basically when no one pushes for you to go anywhere else. See, that was like the the end game. Like, you send all the visually impaired kids there to just fail because no one believed in us, and so they just put us in this place. And... It sucks. I mean, maybe I'll find, can interview somebody who actually went there, but I know a lot of people who did. And it, that should have been my route. But that's where I should have landed. But Miss Robbins just wouldn't let me. Between her and my mom, they just said, okay, he's going there. So she pulled her tricks and got me in there. And she did it with other kids, too. And she had a good track record for the kids that she picked. And, and she she just wouldn't let me go anywhere else um, but I'm, I'm forever grateful in hindsight now for her to do that um, and I remember graduating and they gave me this like bullshit award with like $25 in it and you know I've seen Sophia and many other people go up and win awards and I didn't win anything because I, I didn't put the effort in you know I remember getting this woman to come help me during class and she would take notes for me and and I remember being so embarrassed because she would go to other students like in the middle of a quiet room where everyone's taking a test and she's just going up to go and just go like, hey, what's the answer for four? And it's so embarrassing because I could hear her and she's half across the room. And it's just terrible. Um, and I remember getting in, you know, a kid was bullying me at one point. He was a grade lower than me, taller than me, and... This is black kid, and he just kept, and I always say that because it was just like a racial thing, he was just picking on me for being this dumb little white kid or whatever. And so I got on the bus stop that walked up and just punched him in his face, gave him six stitches. And, you know, I was down at my grandma's, and the cops came, and they were looking for me. Uh, my mom told my uncle's a cop, and that I'm not going anywhere. You don't got to worry. He'll be home in the next two days. And called them an hour after I got home from a three and a half hour trip 
I'm actually more than that because they had to drop other people off, so maybe four or something. But um, took me into this unmarked, beat-up car and put me in handcuffs and asked me if I was going to kill anybody or kill myself or kill animals or, you know, different things in there for about eight hours and got out after throwing giant... Uh, throwing cheese sandwiches with just two pieces of bread with a piece of cheese in the middle and throwing it at roaches, these big-ass roaches, and throwing our cartons of pissy iced tea in the, at them. And, um, you know, and the fact that I had to take my shoestrings out because, you know, in case of me wanting to hang myself and just all these things. And I'm, I'm like, you know, 13 or whatever, 12, whatever it is, and all this is so surreal to me. Um... And just it played an impact. And I got six months of probation, but it ended up being three at the halfway point because, you know, I was a good kid. Um, they threw it out, and again, Miss Robbins came to that. You know, what teacher does that? You know, between her and my mom and my sister's father, and, you know, I had some support, and that's what the judge liked. And the fact that I just didn't have a record. <laughs> Sorry, guys, allergies. Um, but, yeah, I mean, going to high school, you know, I, I, before I go to that, I had one teacher towards the end of eighth grade tell me, like, oh, you're going to go to that high school. Like, you're not going to make it. You can barely make it here. Why do you think you're going to make it there? That's where a lot of smart kids go. And basically that I wasn't one of them and that I am wasting my time. And then I got in an argument with another teacher where she made fun of my age and that I'm too old to be in the class. And she, you know, I started cursing her back at her and telling her to go fuck herself. And she told me to get out of the class. That's if I can see my way out. And yeah. And it should leave scars, man. You know, I don't have trust with people except for the ones that they know I love them. And I don't hard because of stuff like this um so going into high school I had that stuff weighing over my head and that's the stuff I remember you know and you know it's not like my vision problem got any better it didn't it went focused in and out in and out you know and it sucked in ninth grade I mean for first honors it was like 68 credits for, for second it was like 65 and just to to pass you needed about 60 which is like 10 in each of your classes 10 credits in each class it was a different credit system and at the point of like two months left I had like it was like 18 or 19 credits I was failing miserably one class I was doing good it was my resource class and my my science class thanks to Mr. Kiefer who was this great teacher who ended up dying of a heart attack and I, I love that guy we became good friends outside of school he was just a good guy I feel terrible um, especially since he was doing better in his life um, but I said there was two people that were the focal point of my my high schooling and the other one was Miss Johnson who um, uh, there wouldn't be a Miss Johnson if there wasn't for Miss Robbins but she's the other 30% or 40% or whatever you want to call it because when we first met, we butted heads com completely. She's this sassy black woman who doesn't take any shit. Now, I love her for who she is now. But she had a different approach to Miss Robbins. Hers was a little more aggressive. Now, Miss Robbins can be aggressive if you push her. But Miss Johnson, she wanted to give you the tough love route. She wanted you to love you. She has many quotables. A lot of things that stuck with me. But when we first met, we got on each other's nerves. And I was defiant about everything. I'm not saying I was wrong about everything. I'm sure there was a couple of things she was wrong about. I'm not going to give it on everything. Nope. Um, but I remember one time she yelled at Medina, who also went with me. She... He yelled at her and called her a bitch, and she said, that's Miss Bitch to you. And I kind of chuckled. Like, eh, I kind of like that. And I don't know what it was that lit a fire under, under me. I know her and Miss Robbins were kind of on me. And I just said, I don't want to fail anymore. <laughs> and with my back against the wall, I just said, you know what? Screw it. 
let's just try the other way and just try to work. And I did to the point where me, Miss Robbins, my mom, and eventually when I apologized to Miss Johnson, said, I'm sorry, and can you please help me get through this? And she said, yeah, of course. Pick up that Algebra 1 book and let's go. And I got everything. I got it. I think I made second honors. I got to like 65 credits. But it, every credit towards the end, like especially the last so many credits came down to the wire. Every, like, I, I got my last couple credits on the last day of school. But I bust my ass for that. And I got most improved the following year. Well, it was awarded to me. It was for that year, but it was awarded to me in 10th grade. And 10th grade, I was in the top, you know, 15, 10 in the school of how many credits. I ended up with like 85 credits or something. I was a huge improvement. And I was really, really all in. I was still acting out in classes, cutting sometimes, or I was, uh, you know, never did drugs or any of that, but I, you know, I just was trying to find my identity. And a lot of times I was just faking it till I make it. Like I was just hanging out with my friends and if they said, ah, oh, the new Eminem album sucks or whatever, I would say, yeah, it does, even though I loved it. I just wanted friends so bad that I was just trying anything. Um, I was still playing with my Yu-Gi-Oh cards and other things, but, you know, I didn't have as many distractions as far as in school. And, you know, but I, I got through it. I was really doing well. Um, I remember when they had had a seat, Miss Robbins got me CC, well, actually it was more Miss Johnson at this point, but... She got me CCTVs for classes. Um, she had a bunch, and she just said, okay, we're going to take this one to this class and that class, and roll it around. And the one I kept in English to class, and I remember it being in the front of the class, in front of the chalkboard, in the corner by the door that we came in, and, like, every kid would kind of put their hand on it, like, oh, cool is that? And, you know, I made the best of it, but it was very awkward and embarrassing to just draw an attention to myself. I hated it. Um... And, it, you know, but one of the things that did improve, my anxiety got really bad, especially when it came, but my anxiety was now about schoolwork. Like, oh, can I get this credit? Am I going to fail? And it changed to the point where it's like they wanted me to take mobility classes where to learn how to take the bus and all that because I was taking the school bus to high school. And it was to the point where I was like, no, I don't want to do this crap. I want to just stay in school and I want to work. And even though I was fighting for the right thing, they were also trying to get me to do stuff. Now, I didn't really like the teacher as much. But as far as the, the person teaching me mobility, but I just said, no, I want to stay in school. So it was a huge change, like it was for the best. Um, but my anxiety was still really bad. But one of the things that I uh, really took up was uh, Ms. Johnson's room was the resource room. She was this woman who had two master's degrees, but... She really knew math. Like, she kind of knew a little bit of everything. And she had all the, um, all the books from every class in school. So she could just, you know, what chapter are you on? All right. And she would go over and we would just look stuff up on the laptops or whatever. And she would study with you and she would really, really help you. But she was thorough and she, was, she would take her time, even if you were impatient about it. Oh, was I impatient. Um, but one of the things I started to learn is that I really could help the kids underneath me. Uh, meaning like the freshmen or the sophomores or the juniors or whatever grade I was in. I would help everyone else. And I'd help Miss Johnson like to the point where in senior year I, was, I had a class where it was just in her class helping other people. Helping her make copies or getting her whatever she needed. Because she had her health ailments as well and I'd do whatever I could to help her to give back to her because she meant a lot to me um so um so yeah that was a difference like now it was like I wanted to take the initiative and help others and I really felt like that was my purpose in high school like that was it uh and it was it was it was cool like it it, it really was something I I really really appreciated for those last three years um one of the things I also appreciated that Went under, like, I kind of, I thought about it in hindsight. I always said my friends, whether we were, like, great friends, but we all, when we did hang out, like, my, I always said my friends were, like, an Olive Garden commercial with all different ethnicities, and, you know, I, 
you know, I, I learned a lot about different people and where they came from, and I didn't care about any of that shit. And it's like we live in this crazy time now where it's all right in your face. And it's like, you know, it's nice to not have some information sometimes. And it was a good thing for me to grow up in Philly and, and to grow up in the, and go to the high school I went to and just have the friends that I had. Even if we weren't like the greatest friends and we, we don't talk anymore, it's like I didn't care. And I got to learn a lot from them. And so that was one of the things I really enjoyed about me. I know it sounds douchey, but, um, you know, it, it was nice to really be different, even though that's what I used to get pointed out and made fun of for. It's something that I actually appreciate about myself now. Um... You know, and like I said, high school, I should have pursued a lot more in high school. Like, even though I did great in high school and work, like, even my junior year, I had, like, 90-some credit. I was, like, second or third in this entire school. You know, I had a lot of help from my mom, honestly, because I had a lot of anxiety and depression. It was sitting in my room and just feeling shitty because when you're pretending to be something else, it takes some wear and tear on you. Um, and and just the fact that I just always felt ugly like I didn't get asked to go to the prom I didn't you know no girl ever showed any interest in me and anytime a girl would show interest in me it was like hey you know yeah I'm sorry your your eyes are ugly or you know hey can I borrow a pencil and then never bring it back um, and when I got to my senior year me and Medina were like best friends like we had a falling off and I didn't he wasn't my friend really anymore and like we don't talk to this day, and it's not—it's not anything personal. Like he can call me anytime if he needs something, and I don't—I know he doesn't dislike or hate me either. It's just, you know, he found a different path than me, and, and I found a different one than him. And he's just on his own, his own world. And you know, maybe one day we'll meet up again, which I hope. You know, I always hope the best for the guy. Um, but I mean, towards the end, I remember even graduating and. You know, I was just sad about graduating because I knew things were going to change again. And they did. Um, I know, I remember we had to practice for our graduation. And um, one of the things we had to do is we had to go down these steep ass steps in this little auditorium. And we had to, like, it would, it would go based on size. So I was somewhere in the middle, like, as far as height wise. And maybe a little more towards the front, but you have to follow the person in front of you. So they would go down a step and they would go left foot and then slide the right foot over and then right foot down the next step, slide the left foot over. But I, it was hard for me to really focus and see them. But if I mess up, what do you think the person behind me is going to do? So it just became this mess up over and over. And I wasn't the only one, but eventually I was like the only one. And so to the point where I just had to tell, like, hey, Miss H, can I just, like, I don't know what, I can't see to really do this. So that was another big problem for me back then. It was, like, to admitting the things I couldn't see. Um, I remember telling her, hey, can you, like, what can I do here? And so she just said, hey, why don't you sit here in the very front with all these people? When all the people come, you sit in the very front. And when your kid comes up that's in front of you, you follow him up the steps. Super embarrassing, but that's what I did. Um, I'm just trying to remember any details as far as high school goes. Um, you know, high school was, it, it was definitely better than middle school and kindergarten and all that, of course. <laughs> you know, there was kids that made fun of me, of course. Um, but I was kind of like a little little local celebrity there. Not like popular or anything like that, but everybody knew me. Everybody knew who I was and all that, and they all, um, you know, like I said, there's no one really just like, I pull it. Sorry, my kitty jumped on the bed. My body. Um, but yeah, and, and even when I graduated, they all like cheered me, and that was cool, and everybody was, was nice towards the end. Um, 
But yeah, it, it it still left me very empty because I didn't pursue enough for colleges. I still was kind of a recluse. Even a lot of my friends as far as I mean, Johnson's class, a lot of them were like under me as far as like freshmen, sophomore, juniors. I didn't have lunches with them or I didn't have classes with them. And a lot of the kids that were kind of in my grades, they were all like going to summer school and failing and stuff. And I was like one of the only ones really passing, which was super odd. Um, But I also knew that a lot of us really weren't that, we weren't really friends like that. Um, I was still taking the little cheese bus to school every morning and evening. And everybody would throw stuff at the bus and tease me and so on. But I didn't care at that point. I just kind of hid underneath my jacket or whatever. Um, but it was actually nice because I got to take an extra hour of sleep in the morning and got to have air conditioner on the bus and all that and whatever. But, you know, still, it was the idea of being different was something I hated. And I remember you know, something I talked about earlier. I remember a girl in class, I don't remember her name, but she, she's, I don't know what the context was, but she said, you know, TJ, I wouldn't mess with him. You know, he might be that, he's one of those crazy white boys that was, you know, I don't remember the exact word she used, but it, it, in context, she was basically saying I was like the white kid that would shoot up the school. And, you know, weirdly enough, she wasn't wrong. No, no, I didn't own any guns, but I had the anger. Um, I had the bullying and all the things that have happened to me. And so when I see that stuff happen in today's, like, world it hits close to home because I know that could have been me easily um, whether it's hurting myself or hurting people it was more likely to hurt myself but you never know if I didn't have a Miss Robbins or a Miss Johnson or a mom or a grandma I don't know where I would have been um, you know I'm telling this story people are getting a more in-depth idea of what I went through and who I am. What I really want people to understand is like, I'm just, I'm just trying to help others. I'm already damaged and I'm just trying to just keep, keep it moving. You know, I made some good friends now, you know, I consider family. You know, I, I, I've improved a lot in my life. Me as a person, just the things that are in my life, I'm doing a lot better, regardless if I want to admit it in some days. But I need to find what makes me happy. And I will say the resource room was one of the things, Ms. Johnson's class, like that was one of the things that made me happy. I knew it served a purpose in my life. And that's what I've been searching for for the last so many years. Even when I went to college, you know, I felt so out of place. I didn't know anybody. I didn't go to college with anybody. Like, even with high school, I went to Franklin Learning Center with Medina. And there was, like, one or two other kids. Yeah, there was two other kids from my eighth grade class that were also going there. So I at least knew a couple people. Um... And I knew a couple people that left from my eighth grade class, or uh, left from that school that went to that high school previous year. So there was people sprinkled in there that I kind of knew. But when I went to college, I didn't know anybody. And it was just so, it was just, everything was so fast-paced. Um, I think the biggest problem was that I didn't take a break. Like, I should have taken, I should have taken the next semester. I should have just waited and jumped on the next train because what ended up happening was I burned myself out and I started doing the same amount of work for high school but in a smaller amount of time and I felt very alienated again I didn't have any friends and I sat in the I would sit in the front of the room but all the way in the corner and I again like my depression really started to take hold and my anxiety was just thumping in my head, in my heart, and I wanted out. 
and I made it about a year. Um, I remember having an English teacher, and she she was super nice. She really liked me, and I thought she she meant well. But she one time towards the end, I did a paper, and she liked it, and gave me the highest grade or whatever. And she said, is it okay if I say something about you when it comes to your paper? I didn't know what she was going to say, but I'm like, I guess. But I, I don't like attention brought to me, and I, I wasn't going to argue with her. I wasn't going to say no. So it was like, sure. So I did that. She gets up, tells everybody, hey, you know, if he could do it, you know, with his vision problem and all the things he's going through, why can't you guys? And again, she meant well, but it also came off bad. And it was like, oh, fuck me. Like, no. And some kids came up and just like, hey, you know, one kid went to school. With, one kid uh, ended up go, well, working in the same place my mom did, and he knew me, so he was like, hey, man, like, congratulations type of thing. I was like, I don't want that. Thanks, though. And the next English class I went to, the next semester, this guy, this old guy, I thought he was kind of king shit. You know, he had a Rolex and whatever. But he would, he tried to like, you know, hey, you know, I got it. My eyes suck too. I'm older. I was like, no, sir. But anyway, he would draw attention to me too many times. <laughs> Where he would just kind of call me out in class about like, hey, can you see this? And it's like, I had to take him to the side and said, look, sir, enough of this shit. I, I, like, I'm trying to be respectful, but don't do this again. Um, and he was cool about it or whatever. But then like a couple of days later or whatever, a couple of classes later, he... was talking to the class about whatever book we were supposed to be reading and he was handing out whatever pamphlets or whatever paper he was giving out to us and you know he told him to pass it around I eventually got mine and so he started talking to the class and he starts walking by me grabs the paper out of my hand and goes oh that's right you don't need that you need the you need the large print version and it just crushed me because it was just like it's in the middle of the class and I was just trying to it through and just not be noticed and I just wanted to be left alone he did that and it was like all right I can't do this class anymore and I didn't I, I sucks for my mom she lost money out of it because I only went there like three or four times then I just dropped the class because I just I couldn't do it anymore I hated him and I hated what was happening and then the next semester came around, and me and my mom in like the lobby of the college, and I'm just like, no, I don't want to do this anymore. She fought me, but I just started breaking down and crying because I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to do school anymore. Like I was tired of being this lonely loser kid. Doesn't have any friends, you know. No girls want him. No. Um, you know, like, I don't believe in myself. I'm tired of being different, you know. I think I even said, like, I'm tired of just being blind and not seeing anything. Like, I hate me. And so she just kind of gave in to the, the arguing and, and just we, we, didn't, we didn't pursue it anymore. Um... Now, in hindsight, do I think that was the right idea? I don't know. I know everybody always says, well, why don't you go to college? A lot of people say that to me now. Like, well, maybe you should take up some studies. And it's like, I got so much PTSD from school. And I don't like people really that much. I mean, I'm much better with it now. I'm more comfortable with myself now. But I know what would happen if I went to college tomorrow. And yeah, I know you shouldn't have preconceived notions and you shouldn't try to predict the future and, you know, put yourself in a bind before you even get there. But I did, what, 13 years of school? Times haven't changed. Actually, it's gotten worse with all the PC crap and, 
you know, just all the crazy things going on in the world, especially right now, I don't think we can even go to school, but it's, I don't know, I almost feel like I feel better doing it the hard way. Finding a way around everything. Um, But I will say, my schooling, I'm very appreciative of everything that happened. I survived it. And I understand why some people don't. I understand why, you know, so many suicides happen and um, why so many kids end up leaving traumatized. People just think, oh, you're just there and you learn from books and whatever. These people have way harder stories than I did. Um, Like I said, there's kids that didn't make it out of whatever grade because they were picked on for whatever they were. Um, I think maybe my my luck was that I was afraid of everything. You know, people would come up to me and like, hey, do you got weed? And I never did drugs. And it was like, no, I didn't, I don't smoke. It's like, no, but your eyes are red. It's like, yeah, but I'd rather just not explain why my eyes are red and broken. I'd rather just say, hey, yeah, okay, whatever, but I don't do drugs, I don't have any. Um, but yeah, I know, guys, I'm rambling, I'm sorry. Um... But yeah, like I said, I'm still appreciative of everything that happened. I'm appreciative of every, of the journey and everything I've gone through. And that's not even, I don't think I made the halfway point yet. Still plenty of stuff that still happened and, um, and still plenty of stuff to tell. Um, But I really wanted to get the rest of the schooling out. Um, I think next week I'm going to do an interview. And then the following week I'm going to do the depression one, which is going to be very heavy. going to give you a much more in-depth look of how I think which is kind of scary <laughs> but so be it um, but yeah guys anybody who listens to this I appreciate it you're more than welcome to comment or share it to whoever you want I am I don't care what anyone does with it I'm, I'm just want to get it to, out to as many people as possible I'm trying my best to promote it and send it to other podcasters and no luck right now but you know still fighting still trying as I have always done in life so um, again thanks everybody Um, there will be an episode 6 thank you again boy